everybody. Welcome to the PC Perspective Podcast. This is episode 329, being recorded on December 10th, 2014. I'm Ryan Shrout. I'm Josh Walrath. And I'm Alan Mamathano. We are Canadianless on the oh. podcast today. Jeremy is out for a secondary company party, which he somehow decided that he would choose over uh, coming here to talk Christmas about Canadians yeah, don't celebrate Christmas. They do Christ- Christmas is a month early. Uh, is it? I was going to ask. Yeah. Like, they do Christmas like the same way over there? No, no it's okay. it's a month early. Like they're Thanksgiving. Yeah, it's like Boxing Day. Yeah, where they put all the empty cardboard boxes out for recycling. <laughs> they've collected through the year. Cash. Is that's a thing too. <laughs> for, and and cash. They, they turn it in for cash. It's yeah. cash. And they Memory. all run Linux. I don't know. Uh, so Jeremy's not here. So we're going to make fun of him <laughs> yeah, a little he's bit. he's trapped in his niche. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, he actually does take we'll, – we'll give him crap for it next week. But he always takes these extended holiday vacations uh, where he goes ice fishing on snowmobiles. And, and I'm not even really making that up. And to drink beer. Well, of course. Yes. Yeah, but the ice fishing on snowmobiles is what makes it extra Canadian, I think. So uh, – <laughs> Uh, so I wasn't here last week, but that doesn't mean Jack. So we're going to go ahead and jump into this week's show. Are you sure you don't want to talk for about 18 minutes beforehand? And then we can record that on YouTube? Uh, no, this time we're doing it the right way. We're going <laughs> we're gonna, to... We're gonna, uh, it's totally clean. You know how many buttons I have to hit when I do the podcast <laughs> myself? <laughs> Ken has to push a lot of buttons. I use like five computers at once. It's it's very complex. It's it's very complicated for him. Please, it's like that guy from the Matrix. Please be nice. Um, so we record the show live on Wednesdays, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. Uh, we'll have one next week, which will be uh, the 17th. We probably won't have one on the 24th, uh, which is obviously Christmas Eve, uh, and then New Year's Eve. We don't. I don't know. We may have to. We may have to do one like on Tuesday or something like that. Like, yeah, I don't think we're going to do a countdown during the podcast. Eve, Eve, no. Podcast went long. Oh, happy New Year, everybody. Yeah, we're definitely not going to do that. No. So we'll, we'll figure out. We'll have definitely uh, at least one more between now and the end of the year. Probably two more between the end of the year. And of course, then after that, we have to get into uh, CES. So the next time we would be. At fucking Las Vegas. Ugh. That's a rough place. Oh, but don't worry. We're going to be there a day early this year. Yeah, fantastic. Um, so anyway, if you want to watch us record the show live, you can do so at pcper.com slash live. And if you want to subscribe to a little email list that we only use to send out um, notifications when we are going live for podcasts, for special events, for game streams, for interviews that we have with prizes to give away, go to pcper.com slash subscribe. Fill out your name. Give us your email address. Uh, and then 10, 15 minutes, maybe an hour before uh, we send you little email reminders that says, hey, we're going to go live, as this logo says right here. We're going to go PC per live. And uh, then we'll be doing this very thing, and you'll be watching us. So um, sign up for that if you can. Let's go ahead and jump into uh, the articles and stuff from this week because we did have quite a few to talk about. We'll run through them at a, at a slightly um, accelerated pace. Brisk. For a reason. Uh, this is because we have a lot of them. Mori wrote a review of the Asus Maximus 7 Impact motherboard. There's a lot of words. Maximus 7 Impact motherboard uh, for a product that looks like this. It is a um, mini ITX ROG motherboard using the Z97 
chipset, right? So this is your Intel Haswell, Haswell refresh parts. Um, you can tell quickly by glancing at this exquisite motherboard here. Yes, I know I've gone full screen. Thank you. Uh, that we have Z97 socket. You've got two DIMM slots, one full-size PCI Express, and then all kinds of cool things. You've got, uh, you've got your SATA ports. you got this MPCIe combo card here. Uh, up here you have your a, kind of like a riser card for all the power uh, delivery. In there, there's here's a better shot of it. You've got your 10K Japanese-made black metallic caps, um, Blackwing chokes. That's a cool name. We always need new good brands for our chokes on here. Uh, the MPCIe uh, sound card there, or I'm sorry, the MPCIe combo card. And you have the Sonic Sound Stage, which is kind of like an audio riser card on there as well. Um, and then here's a here's a little view of it from there. It, it, it's there's a whole lot of stuff on this board, and even like look at the back panel. This is a riser card here. that has an LED postcode. It's got your uh, uh, what is the, this is the USB link or the USB um, BIOS flashback BIOS flashback. flashback yeah. yeah, your power and reset buttons like all there. Oh man, remember when they used to ship those on full size motherboards? A little. HTC ship the little daughter card yep. that you'd plug in. Yeah, they did do that. that uh, and it got, that. I think, like our GPU test bed one or two motherboards ago had that. Yeah. And it, the only place the LED, it was on a quad board, board that supported a quad SLI, and it didn't have room for all a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. The problem was is if you had four video cards installed in it, you couldn't, couldn't get install <laughs> the daughter card. But this doesn't have this problem. It's part of the backplate. You still got four USB 3.0 ports, gigabit Ethernet, PS2, uh, DisplayPort, <clears throat> DisplayPort HDMI. There's a lot of really, really nice stuff on this board. And surprisingly, look at that. I mean, look, that's, a, that's a long feature that's a list. a lot of stuff. That's a lot of stuff. I like how the stuff seemingly climbs the invisible walls around it. Like, it has to be in this footprint. Yes. So you just have stuff climbing up the side. Like, there's all you the power, power delivery, the audio. Yeah. They should uh, put that vertical M.2 slot on there. They should have. Yeah. I bet there. I wonder if there's an issue with Z height on some of those boards. Well, I mean, not if you're using a discrete card, but yeah. um, Mori obviously does his normal teardown and destruction of this motherboard, uh, going into all the features and, and stuff there. You can see here it is like uh, the audio riser and the. Uh, the MPCIe, MPCIe combo card here installed or removed. You can get an idea. You can have those in there or not. You know, four SATA ports, plenty. Yeah. Probably for, for what that is, a, yeah. a mini ITX case. This is mini ITX. Um, and obviously, when you get into small spaces, you're going to run into cramped areas like this. This mm-hmm. is where the dim slots meet uh, the uh, PCI Express kind of retention mechanism so as put well. So your RAM in first and then your video card, I guess. Yeah, I, I as with do. most mini ITX builds, there tends to be an order you need to follow yeah. for these things to go well. And uh, it's kind of like a Chinese lockbox. It is. Yeah. yeah, it's a puzzle box. Yeah, uh, CPU cooler fit. I've got to look at these pictures in Moore's review. These are these are classic. Yeah, that's what I was waiting for. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Now you can see here, stuff does get a little cramped. You've got this video card with the GPU reactor on the back. You got this just enormous. Heatsink and fan, and then you've got your PCIe combo card and audio riser card. No waste well. space. It does look like nothing is touching anything that it, it doesn't look be like touching. it. Yeah. yeah, it barely misses. Now, I'm not sure this would fit in any mini ITX case that you're using necessarily. Yeah. Probably not. You know, maybe. maybe. Um, I mean, I guess technically yeah. you could put a mini ITX case or motherboard in a full size ATX case. Well, you could it remove if dumb, you remove that you second that. fan. Uh, I think yeah, you'd yeah. get away with it, but yeah. you'd be so cramped. But, uh, yeah. you know, everything seems to fit. Everything seems to work. Um, and uh, that's that's pretty good. And I think this motherboard is 
this is still one of my I like this. They just include like a little pack of stickers that allows you to you put like HDD one on one side of a SATA cable and oh. on the other side of the SATA cable. It's yeah, just like a really simple, easy. That is cool. It's not necessarily like maybe the most professional looking thing because you get these stickers with color coded things on them, but I think they're incredibly handy to have. You've got your Wi Fi, you've got wireless, obviously, you've got Bluetooth, 802.11 AC. Um, there's two your. By two? Uh, yeah, like. yeah. Yes. Wait. Yep. wait, wait, wait. There's three. Uh, two. I see two connectors. Oh, sorry. Looked yeah. like three. They, they have three on their desktop boards, like the full-size ones. But uh, okay. Still, two-by-two two AC is nothing to sneeze at. Yep. Oh, I mean, wait. Scroll up. Okay, I'm scrolling. See, it's like an Escher painting. There's three ends hey, to the cable, and then the other end is two ends. Yeah, what's... Scroll Ryan, up one more, Scroll Ryan. down more? a little... No, yeah, down. There you go. M.2. Look at that. That's how they do it. It's in, that, it's in the other side of that combo card. That's pretty cool. Oh, Wait. hey. So it runs along the graphics card. I, somehow I think that would run into the heatsink uh, that he was using. Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, really. Look, 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 look at look, how close. There, see. Yeah, but that M2, that, that card's going oh, into going the picture. Into, oh, it's going sweet. into it's going into the Z direction. Now I'm really impressed with that. Yeah, that's pretty clever. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, they 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 do a good job there. Obviously, more it goes through uh, all the included applications, the UEFI, some benchmarking, integrated device testing, overclocking, all that stuff is there. It's an ROG board. There's there's a lot of connectivity and features and performance you'll find in this board. Uh, Two hundred and thirty dollars. Actually, That's... fairly, uh, I think, inexpensive for what you're – I don't want to say inexpensive. I would say less than I would have expected it to be. Given the features, yeah. Given the features, right? Because you always do this thing where the, the, the thinnest, lightest laptops cost the most. Sure. And in this day and age, the smallest, most compact, most highly designed and engineered motherboards tend to cost the most. And many ITX is, is kind of fitting that bill right now. But it kind of seems – I don't know. It kind of counters itself, right? Because if you're after so many features, you're probably not that worried about trying to squeeze it into such. Like, you probably would maybe add a second video card at some point, which you can't do with that, right? It's a niche market. Yeah, you, like you it, need to want all all of the stuff in in none and of also the space. in a very small space. Yeah, right. Whereas, because you could get away doing a micro ATX. Mm-hmm. system that gives the board more space. You can yep. have support for two video cards. Yep. Um, your cases are going to be bigger, but not necessarily substantially bigger. Right. Really only a few more inches bigger if you go, depending, don't go depending. crazy. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, we've seen big mini ITX cases. We've seen small micro ATX cases, right? So right. Uh, there's definitely the weight there in both directions. So um, got the got the gold award for Mori weaknesses, uh, you know, some, some Intel NIC issue, just higher CPU utilization. We're talking single-digit consumption anyway and then price uh it is an expensive board especially for a z97 board but again i think if you look at the combination of everything it's it's pretty neat and it's it's probably pretty unique in the grand scheme of things usually the intel necks are like on the low end for cpu utilization but uh that's that is the asus maximus 7 impact and we'll have another asus motherboard we'll talk about in a little bit with josh that has an equally kind of non-specific name that has anything to do with the product exactly. itself. So uh, where did I go here? Uh, let's talk about Sebastian. Made his first Ooh, appearance. Can we the talk po- about Sebastian? We can talk about Sebastian. <laughs> Made his first appearance <laughs> on the podcast last week. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Josh, All six inches. Josh, what was your uh-huh. what was your approval rating of Sebastian? Uh, He's probably not going to listen to this. first so half, I uh, could have improved a little bit just because yeah. he was talking into the top of a microphone that yeah, you need I to talk this. to the side. So it was some nice <laughs> echoing. Going on, and then uh, once we figured that out, 
smoothed smoothed right out. All right. He did yeah. so much better. Okay, fantastic. He yes. did post another review on the website this week as well. This time of the NZXT H440 Razor Edition case. It's not a brand new case. We've seen it before. Uh, but this time it has some extra touches from Razor, as in it's green and it has their logo on it. Yep. That's uh, that's definitely one of the ways you can tell it's from Razer. I like it's got this green LED around the power light. The USB 3.0 ports are green instead of blue. Hmm. It's I got think that's cool. It's yeah, it's got it's uh, what do you call that on a car? You've got the uh, ground effects. Ground effects. Sorry, yeah, there no you way. go. Was that what that was? No, ground, ground effects are the plastic, the plastic stuff. crap. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what was that? I don't know. Just uh, neon pimp lights. Yeah. Ricer lights. Ricer lights. Yeah, yeah. something. I so the the, the kind of um, the one I guess defining feature of this case is the front. If you look at the front here, right, it's got the Razer logo in the middle. No optical base. Okay. No five and a quarter inch base at all. Yeah. Um, and I think it makes the case look much different. It is makes that, it very clean. Is that a door? Uh, no. So you just I don't think so. No optical base for you. Correct. Oh, okay. No optical drives, no slim drives, nothing out the side. Yeah. None of that. You got this big, uh, a big window on the on the side panel, uh, and then if we if you look inside, you'll see what they did instead of instead of having those optical drive bays, you just got three and a half inch drive bays all the way down. How many? Uh, I think it was eight. I guess we can look. Here. That doesn't satisfy Alan. One, One two, two three. No, four, eight does satisfy. It's eight. Seven, eight. eight. I think you more. might have room for down. Yeah. There's more room, here. but. That's fine. Well, if you're doing water cooling, you'd want some place to put like the cool uh, some uh, noise dampening material on the doors. Yeah. I like this. I wonder if there's actually uh, a reason for this angled cutout instead of like a square cutout. It looks cool. It looks like they're trying to go around. Well, they wanted to put the fan controller there. Yeah, yeah. So they yeah, want to go. The fan controller you know, there. So they gave you as much space as they could. Plus, you can mount two uh, two and a half inch drives down here on the bottom. This bay holds the power supply and. Um, it has like a, a window here with the Razer logo on it as well. It's pretty kind cool. of self-compartmentalized little deal so there. So this isn't a new chassis design. No, not really. This is just kind of like tweaks that they made. To the H440. Green USB ports, their logos, uh, lighting yeah. effects, things like that. But it still looks like a nice case. Yeah, you can see the cutout there, plenty big for uh, CPU dropouts and stuff. Is there lighting for the inside? It uh, looks like just from the outside. So here it is. He's got a, a GTX card installed. The green is not a perfect match, as you would expect. Razor green probably doesn't exactly match GeForce yeah. green. Still, it's, it's branding it's cool. and all that. But it's pretty close. But look at that. Look at that lights. I don't know, man. I kind of would have preferred that they put something integrated like to light the inside because that's what a lot of people do. They, they right? do have these lights on the back. Yeah. It's, nice right? it's still the H4, H440 has had that with a white light since, it's, right. since it was out. Uh, but, it's, but it's a nice little, little touch there. Um, uh, so did get a silver war from Sebastian. Good styling uh, for uh, quiet rifle bearing fans included. Side intake, <laughs> massive hard drive support. Um, slightly lower level of fit than expected at the price, and uh, uh, it's about twenty or thirty dollars more than the standard H440. If you're going yeah. with that Razor edition, it's a hundred fifty dollar. That rifle case, bearing thing. So. It must be a licensing thing because that should just be every fan. <laughs> like because oh. that came out years and years ago. It's been a while. It's gotcha. been like probably ten years when those things were introduced and it was a big deal back then. And then like you still see ball bearing fans and stuff. And it's just like, what, what are you doing? Is it just a cost issue? Maybe I think it's a licensing thing. I think somebody has somebody a invented it and just yeah. licenses it out for, because those are pretty be. much the quietest. Like the, the bearing basically makes no noise. Just a hydrodynamic, hydrodynamic bearing. Hmm. It's just oil. You know what yeah. else makes no noise? SSDs. 
That's true. So you drop them or they blue screen or something and you yell at them, right, Josh? Yeah. Yes. I like to, uh, <clears throat> I like to adjust multiple settings at once on my SSD <laughs> and cause it not to boot. <laughs> Don't do that anymore. Uh, in other news, however, uh, the not-so-surprising not release of the Samsung 850 Evo... The, the very not-surprising release. ...occurred this week. Yes. And, uh, we were hoping it would be sooner. But, yeah, but it has happened. All right, so what are we looking at here? This is 850 Evo, 850 being VNAND. Correct. Evo being SLC Cache. And TLC Bulk Store. So is that TLC. better than ANAND? Uh, well, he's not there anymore. Oh. It's so. VNAND. Is, well, it's further down the alphabet, so I'm going to go with yeah. 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 Much much higher letter. So what what's yeah. different about the 850 Evo? No. Compared to what? I don't know, 850. See, it's all like your point of reference, right? Or the so, 840 Evo. So like those com- are the two ones you got to compare it to because one has the word 850 in it. Yep. One has the word Evo in it. Right. So now now you have one that has both of those words. And, and the other ones had Pro in there. Right. Yeah, but those aren't, they're not even in my discussion anymore because they don't have an 850 Pro. Uh, what? Wait, they do. Yeah. That's the only one we have. We don't have a plain 850, sorry. That's correct. Yeah. They don't have a plain one anymore. Uh, the plain one. In the past, was just TLC memory, no SLC cache. Uh, that was the okay. original 840. Gotcha. Right. Um, so anything that's an 840 series is on 2D planar NAND. Anything that's an 850 series is on this new VNAND, this mm-hmm. new 3D NAND. Mm-hmm. Uh, this NAND is much faster, especially in the the 850 Pro, which was MLC, right? Um, in the Evo. It does the same trick that the 840 Evo did, which is where you have a certain amount of SLC cache, and then all of the bulk storage, the, the main amount of storage on the drive, is all triple-level cell. Okay. Uh, so the, the, the catch there is that you can only write to TLC flash at such a speed, right? It's, it's, it's more limited than MLC. You have to write at a slower pace. You have to make sure the voltages are at the right level so you can actually read the stuff back later. And, right. You know, that sort of thing. Um, so the as far as speed, the raw speed of, like, this VNAND compared to the planar NAND for TLC, it wasn't that much of a jump in, in that aspect of it, right? So, the, so once the drive burns through its cache, say so you wrote multiple gigabytes all in a row to this thing at full speed, mm-hmm. and now you're stuck having to write at the TLC speed, which is very rare for people, but it is possible. If you're trying to do an image copy onto it, something right. full speed, right? Um, so the speed of uh, the slowest capacity model, the, the 120, uh, is around 150, 160 meg per second. Okay. Which is just a little bit, like maybe 10 or 15% faster than what the 840 Evo was when you were in that same cache mode, right. or the non-cached mode. Uh, however, the cached performance is like crazy fast compared to, like even faster than the 850 Pro, because 850 Pro was running MLC. MLC. This is that same flash, only running, you know, Oh, basically a one or a zero, where instead the MLC Single has four level. states, right? Yep. So there's even less checking and other stuff that has to happen there when you go to write in that mode. <laughs> um, so performance-wise, pretty darn good. Like when you talk about tests that have random writes mixed in, like our iometer testing, um, as long as you were writing to that in, in the cached mode, uh, it was very, very fast and even faster than the 850 Pro. When it writes it to cache... It then will write it to TLC at its own pace? It does it in the background, right. but it does it not so much at its own pace. It does it the instant the drive becomes idle. It instantly starts okay. dumping that cache. Okay. Just making sure I'm yeah. still understanding how yeah. that works. And it okay. goes at the TLC speed, like full speed, basically, 
as long as it's idle, as long right. as the drive is not being. As long as not impacting otherwise. performance of something else. Yeah, so. and it's also very smart about it. Like, um, like if you're writing to the drive, uh, like it can empty it. If you're writing to it at a slower rate than what, say, the TLC write speed is, mm-hmm. it'll go to SLC first, but then it gets to TLC like behind your back. You know, it's 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 essentially going to TLC. Just like my third life. True that. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically. Pretty good. Uh, there were some differences in. Uh, there's a little bit of a reduction in power consumption for specifically for the models lower than the one terabyte model uh, because they have changed. Uh, Samsung has changed their controller design. It used to be triple core for everything, right? And then they have recently made a drop to dual core because they basically figured out their firmware is optimized enough where the third core was just kind of wasting power. Uh, they could just more efficiently okay. just max out two cores. Less important for desktop users than. True. users, but, but there are a lot of people that yeah. There are a lot of people that put these in laptops, and and Samsung is a is also going to be launching probably early next year. Um, they hinted already in their initial press release that they're going to introduce you know M.2 and hmm. MSATA and okay. stuff like that, which they already did with the 840 Evo, right? Uh, I, I like. I mean, if you look at this picture, it's practically an M.2 form factor already. Like it's this, smaller. This 120 gig. I mean, looking at these PCBs inside, the, these are two and a half inch SSD drive cages right right and if you look at this this one on the left you've got the controller and one flash chip Mm -hmm. and that's it right because there's the back and it's empty yeah that flash chip is Uh, what's called an odp which is an octal die package which is eight dies within the package what's this this is uh that's just memory for the controller uh it's not so much cache as for that it's really just like keeps uh metadata and just like data about the uh, about the flash uh as it's running basically um, yeah, so I mean, eight dies, and for, for TLC type flash, even though the VNAN stuff, uh, the 32-layer VNAN we were saying is only 86 gigabit dies instead of 128 gigabit, Right. well, this, you have to add 50% back because it's in TLC mode, right? So same die size, same number of channels there, but you get 50% extra capacity out of it. Okay. Right, just because of how you're writing to it. So that's what brings you back up to 128 gigabit. And it's, I thought it was kind of convenient that that number ends up nice back to a nice round 128, multiple of two kind right. of a thing. It's almost as if Samsung is, uh, when they were thinking through, okay, how big do we want these dies to be? Well, we're probably going to sell more of this TLC stuff than we're going to sell of the MLC stuff. So we might as well focus it around, you know, instead of TLC being the oddball, multi, you know, uneven multiple of two thing. Which it was in the 840. Which it was in the 840. Right. They went. They flipped it around the other way this time, uh, so I really do think that they intend for the 850 Evo to just be like their main seller as far as mm. what people are going to buy. Where are we at in pricing? All right. So uh, if you go all the way to the one terabyte model, it starts out at an even fifty cents a gig. Now we don't really have like market that's, pricing yet. That's not. Su- it's not super cheap. Correct. It's not. Now I will say, like the 840 Evo launched at kind of sort of similar numbers. Did it? But we see it much cheaper, right? Okay. Once, once it started volume shipping and, and all that stuff. Samsung has never really tended to have their MSRP numbers like low. Right? Okay. It's just mm. it's just how their numbers tend to work. Um, but as, if this is consistent with what we've seen in pri- in previous Samsung SSD launches, chances are the the hot selling item is going to be uh you know, significantly cheaper than the introductory MSRP. So for now, still, the 850 Evo is significantly less expensive. Still the, which one? 840 Evo. Correct. Still significantly less expensive. Do we expect the 840 Evo to be phased out? 
yeah, yeah. in favor of this? Yeah, okay. I believe so. And as that happens, I suspect that these prices will, at, at a minimum, you know, we'll see, say, six months down the road, you probably see cost per gig of these 850 Evos About the same. match what the 840 Evos used to be, right? Gotcha. Yeah. It, I just think that there's more of a possibility of even lower pricing just based on what Samsung can get out of this and the fact that they don't have to use this really small... It is a more complicated procedure to create this stuff, but they're right. using... In some respects, they're using older fab technology, right? Because their their feature size is not sure. super tiny anymore. They're just because they're going vertical. Okay. Uh, look at the link I sent you. They're on, in what? They're for pre-order on Newegg right now. Where'd you send it Ooh, to me? Really? On the uh, chat thing. The hip chat. Uh, yeah. I think they're on pre-order for actually Amazon as well because it's going to show up December twenty-six, according to them. Yep. Newegg and, says the twenty-second. They have all but. They have the 250 listed as one of the release date on it, so it looks like it says actually the 250 has a release date of 1210. Oh, mine doesn't show that. That's weird. Today, oh my gosh! Hmm. No, I'm just those prices are running higher than the MSRPs. Not surprising to me, but yeah. So yeah, I think they're anticipating. So the one demand. terabyte is 469 on uh, Amazon. So Actually, that's, I mean, that's about less. what we see 840 Evos at, isn't it? Yeah, I think yeah. right now the 840. Well, yes, but I have seen it as low as 369. Well, so there you go. That's yes. that's 30 bucks less than the MSRP. What's like the 500? Uh, 249. Yeah, that's also less than the MSRP. Or that's yeah. here. So you save twenty dollars, seven percent. So I mean, that is good. You know, right off the bat, even in pre-order status. Yeah, um, and these are showing uh, release on December twenty-six. So just yeah. missing the holiday time frame. It, and that does fall within what Samsung stated, which was quote later this month, right in December. So mm-hmm. yeah, not bad. I wish it would have been a little earlier. You know, to catch all the holiday. I'm sure they stuff. do as well. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I really bet, um, and and nobody has stated this, but I mean we can probably take a pretty good guess that they kind of pushed this launch back on account of all the firmware fix stuff yeah. from the 840 yeah. Evo. Um, probably smart too, just to kind of let that stuff fade away a little bit and be a fixed thing for a short period of time. You know, because it is a fixed thing. Like yeah, actually, just uh, uh, right at the beginning of this week, I read something off of one of the 840 Evos that had stuff on them, mm-hmm. full speed. So, and how long had it been? Uh, like pushing a month now okay so getting a to month that, of getting to that point where we're losing performance yeah getting I to the swear. point where we would have seen something Man, probably what, we, what yeah. kind of world are we coming to all right so go check out that review it's on pcpro.com we'll have alan update uh the story with uh, links over to amazon for pre-orders as well yep let's uh we're gonna talk about a couple more things we got here like uh, how about amd catalyst omega catalyst omega otherwise that, known as a big thing it, it, i mean it kind of is yeah um so it was, a, it was an interesting thing. Uh, about two weeks ago, AMD came to us and said, hey, we're doing something different for our next driver release. I was like, cool. Like, what do you mean? So instead of just releasing it as 14.12, they're, they're, they're creating this brand, right? They're calling it a special edition driver, Catalyst Omega. Okay. And um, the basic idea is that they, are, they have uh, lots of new features, lots of performance updates, lots of bug fixes that have that they have all addressed and kind of compiled into one driver. And the goal is to kind of do this annually, once is this, a year. Is this still just in the sequence of all their other drivers? It's just like a big one? I th- is yes. What it is? Yes. So, okay. and, and to be honest with you, they were a little bit vague about how this would all work kind of moving forward, right? So they were very specific about things like um, that they have done with this driver, that they, they did a 
higher degree of validation, a higher degree of testing of test cases than they had done with any driver previously. For example, they say they claim to have done 441,000 automated test runs okay. and over 11,000 manual test runs. Now, what exactly does that mean? I'm not sure. Some does, kind of testing. Does it mean a benchmark? Does it mean we played a video and it didn't crash? So that counts as a test run. Like right. Some of that stuff is probably in there. Um, probably now every are, possible thing they could think to throw at it. Yeah. Yeah. So now they're still planning on releasing other drivers throughout the year. That was one of the things, one of the comments in the story was that, uh, well, if they're only going to do this annually, what's going to happen between now and next December? Okay. They're still going to have other driver updates that will be released for you know new games that come out that they need hot fixes for, specific bug fixes in games or other applications and things like that. There will still be a normal cadence. All the regular think, stuff you saw drivers, before. Right? Basically, but the right. insinuation is, is that this level of validation will not occur on all those successive drivers sure right so that's kind of where you're at in terms of why it is a special edition why why that name is there so there's more validation but then it sounds like there's a bigger chunk of features being added so they added some stuff to it they added like amd fluid motion video which is you know smooth blu-ray playback with lower power apus high quality frame rate conversion interpolates frames using gpu compute things like that oh is this wait a minute is this like, kind of like what the like smart TVs do and stuff like that? Uh, the, yes, that's you know better video quality than most high end TVs. Huh? Is so what it's, the claim is. So if you're playing back something that's 24 frames per second, it's actually doing like the interpolation between to make it back up. Can to you the turn system. that off? Because some people hate that. Uh, I'm absolutely sure you can. You cannot enable it because you could also just not enable it. Oh, okay. It, so it, it's, it's a thing you have to turn on. Yeah. I get it. All right. Uh, they have other ones like uh, uh, like video upscaling. Like they have what they what they're calling ultra HD like experience. So taking 1080p videos and making them really high quality, high quality for for 4K. Right. So 4K monitors are super cheap now. I think we saw like one of the Samsungs on sale for like mm-hmm. 400 bucks or 380 bucks. I saw one for 350 around Black Friday. Yeah. So like a 60 hertz 4K panel you mm-hmm. can get for 350 bucks. So that's good. It's doing high-quality upconversion. So it's trying to do upconversion with that, right? So your mileage is going to vary in terms of what specific videos and how they react to yeah. some of that. Sometimes like, it's like going to look really good. And what player you're using and stuff. Yep. And like, yep. It's kind of complicated. Uh, it's a combination of the fluid motion video detail enhancement and adaptive upscaling. So there, there's that in there. They have frame pacing improvements for um, dual graphics, so for APUs and low-end discrete GPUs. Okay. Frame pacing on Radeon, like high-end Radeon stuff, maintains the same. They didn't change anything Because that's there. already been fixed pretty much. Yeah. Uh, and then they are adding a new feature called virtual super resolution. Ooh, that sounds VSR. That sounds like which uh, actually rhymes with DSR. VD, yeah. actually not VD. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so when when Nvidia launched Maxwell, the GM two hundred four parts, they introduced DSR, which was the ability to say if you have a ten eighty p screen, but you've got a lot of GPU horsepower you're not using, render a game at four K or yep. some other resolution, some weird resolutions maybe. Uh, Render it at 4K, but then downsample it, it back, back down. into 1080p, so that you are still, you know, it's still you're still being shown a 1080p image, right? Because yep. that's your resolution. But the is, whole engine is running at 4K. But the whole engine is running at 4K, yeah. and you get, in some cases, drastically improved image quality because right. of it. So AMD is doing a similar thing. They're calling it virtual super resolution. It basically works identically. Okay. You enable it in the driver, and now Windows and games see these resolutions that don't really exist. Okay. Right. And then you tell the game to render it, and then it downsamples back. To your, screen. To, to your screen. Now, there's a little bit more restriction in this in that, um, for example, only the Radeon R9 285, not their highest end parts, but the 285, their most recent one based on Tonga GPU, is the only one that can support 4K resolution. 
Oh, okay. Okay. The only one because of advanced scalers in the Tonga GPU. Correct. Or so they say. That's what they say. So that I don't think that they would not put 4K support on the 290 and 290X if they could. Right. Right? Because that's where you would think people would want it the most. Right? Yeah. You've got a 290X, you're playing a game that doesn't take much uh, compute capability yep. for it, you know, you utilize it. But now with those cards, you're limited to 32 by 1800. Okay. So I mean, it's still higher. It's still higher. I don't know it's what. It's not a nice even multiple of four. Yeah, I don't know what multiple that is, but it doesn't really it's matter. Like 1.5. You're right. Oh. It, it also doesn't kind of matter unless the game doesn't handle things that aren't multiples of it well, you know? Uh, the game would be fine. Probably it's yeah. just it's just the scaler. Like if you're scaling, you know, they scaling are tends using... to look cleaner if it's an even multiple. But where did I see that? I wrote that, didn't I? Uh, they claim that their VSR has a zero percent performance penalty. It's happening completely in scalar hardware. Uh, they're implementing sure. a polyphase multi-tap solution. Uh, and I have a link in the story if you're interested in what exactly that means. Because I'm not exactly sure the myself. Type of a scaler. Meanwhile, so do you get the impression, yeah. That uh, the R9 285 has features that still have not been released yet. Uh, they just hide. They're kind of like Bonaire. Yeah. I, 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 think, I think it's – I don't know if maybe this is the final exposure of all the features in there. But, yeah, I do feel like – I mean the scaler is better. I don't know. They didn't say it, anything about this when the 285 here's, here's the question, right? Were, was AMD going to do VSR before DSR happened? Right, and if the answer is no, which I think is likely, then right? why is, well, then why is that scaler? scaler in then there? why is that scaler in there? Right, right. So yeah. I, I would tend to say that they just said, well, we've got die space scaler, just put a scaler there, right? And maybe, but maybe they were going to do VSR the whole or time, or maybe they have another feature in mind to, that uses that scaler. uses that scaler. Maybe some of that other the stuff 4K, uses that scaler. But the four K up conversion works with APUs. Uh, true. Right. So. Um, but maybe to not get the performance hit, or maybe to have enough memory space. Maybe it's just like some other resource yeah, I don't limit know. that you know they hit. Because you're trying to run a game and do you know you're trying to run a right. game at 4K and this driver adds support for the Alienware graphics amplifier. It adds support for FreeSync. Um, don't get super excited because that just means the driver supports it in order no. that they can start the validation process of. You know, monitors and stuff. So they could send you a panel and you can test it. They could absolutely send me a panel today and I'd be able to, to use it. Yeah. They won't. Mm. At this point, I think that's pretty obvious. But next we'll month. see when it's CES. But next month, right? They say we'll see them at CES. God, I'm so excited. Like, it's actually, like, the longer it goes on, the less I care. It was last CES where they were saying, it was last CES well, we can, when it, we're when already it doing broke. that. Yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> and it, the longer it waits, like, the more it becomes just this. Running joke, yeah, like this running gag of it, no, no, well, no. I mean, it's still not like you can, you still can't buy a G-Sync panel very easily. You cannot. You're correct. They're, uh, they're usually sold out. Yes, you're they're, right. They're usually sold out. I'm not sure. If, have we figured out if that's because of just not enough supply? I think it is. It's probably. I mean, you don't think just demand is outstripping it? Like this is the no. Excuse? I think I think demand is. That's what not enough supply means. That's what not enough supply means. Yeah. Well, but I mean, yeah, it's not like sure. there's just a it's just, just a flat out lack of them. I think there's just that everybody has decided now is the time to upgrade that, you know, ten year old. I think LCD. I think they're I think they have no problem selling as many as they can make. Yeah. Probably not it as many. It is the holiday season. That's true too. I mean it got me. It's to, the last month of the year. It got me you to can't get hold off back. Of, uh, you can't, no. Gotta get that tax credit or something. <laughs> uh, in terms of performance, 
this is an interesting debate because they really are – they're talking more about the performance improvements over time, not in this specific driver. Okay. Not from 1411 to 1412, over which time is what from Omega what, is. Then? Like from last year to now. Well, then of course there's going to be improvements. Well, not necessarily of course. Well, probably. You don't – probably. You don't necessarily – so here's the thing. I think most people – the build PCs don't understand that their performance will actually be better the next year if you just continue to update software. Okay. Right? And so that's the point they're trying to make. I think it's a little bit disingenuous because it's pu- pushed as part of this Catalyst Omega story. So, so you think that... But it's not specific to Omega. Like 14.11, like I didn't do any performance testing of this driver specifically, but several websites did. Yeah. And several of them saw some places were a little bit faster and some places were a little bit slower. Compared the to the... 14.11. Oh, okay. Right, the, the most recent driver before right. this. Right? right, right, right. Now, if you compare it to 13.12... Then probably everything... Then it's, everything up. should be faster. Yeah. Right, because you'll have frame pacing improvements and you'll have all kinds of stuff in there. Yep. Both on the APU side and on the GPU side. So... So they're just trying to use this as a more awareness for people should be updating their drivers thing. Plus, there's tons of bug fixes. Um, Some of these are weird. So they, you know, we we give them the AMD Red Team a bunch of crap, and I think deservedly so for a lot of stuff that it does. Uh, But they claim that they, hey, look, this is what this is one of the reasons we have the AMD Red Team is we went to them, we said, hey, what are the top ten things? that you want us to change or fix in our driver. And these are the top 10 lists that they fixed all of them. Okay. Uh, install issues with the intermittent crashes or black screen after install. Uh, control, Catalyst Control Center issues with Mantle 64 DLL error pop-ups during install. Like, to me, this look at, is Look this at the one good. in the very middle. What's that? Displays <laughs> that go in sleep mode? No. No, no. no? AHCI chipset drivers sometimes cause the system to crash on boot no, up. Sound familiar? It's ironic. Yeah. That happened to Josh. Did, Did you just, update to Catalyst? Tonight. I updated to the Omega AHCI drivers. Oh <laughs> well, if, if you are running, if you're running an APU, then that would be bundled into Catalyst, right? So there may be updated AHCI oh, drivers in there. Josh, you tried right. also enabling Rapid. Yeah, I think it was more Rapid than the yeah. AHCI ones. So rapid these does really low-level stuff to your store. You know, these fixes here are good. The the yeah. sometimes. Google Chrome crashing when watching videos, displays going to sleep that never wake up, uh, uh, intermittent Were these crashing. all just like issues that had existed for long enough to where people had to report it for them to finally fix it? Because these sound like... I agree. Like what should happen is like, hey, you know what? You should have fixed these and this shouldn't be special. Those don't sound like things that you would have to ask people what bothers them the most in order to fix. I would Those agree. are just flat out bugs. I would like, agree. Like bad ones. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it seems I don't know. State of weird. decay can intermittently extrude beyond their boundaries or be corrupted. HDMI uh, audio stays disabled when connected TV is disabled and then re-enabled. Huh? Right. Some some odd things like that. So they're all fixed, and those, they obviously said there's a lot more than that that were addressed. These were the top ten lists okay. that they got to. I mean, I'm glad that they're taking that kind of. Uh, at least the end result yeah. is the stuff gets fixed. Right. They updated yeah. uh, the gaming evolve client. You can now stream mantle games. Um, you can apparently uh, like measure performance in Mantle, like maybe get like a little frame rate counter. So for or the something. for the VSR stuff, mm-hmm. like I know that with the DSR stuff, if you took a screen capture, it was the 1080p, and it uh, was before, like it was no or wasn't no, it? No, we no, had no. to use it was before had, the filter, right? It was before the that's filter. what it was. Right. So if you did, so if you did a screenshot, it was 4K then. No, no, yes. was it? Yeah, it had to be. 
I don't remember. The whole game is rendering in 4K yeah, yeah, or whatever, yeah, yeah. right? That's what's happening here, too. Okay. If you take a screenshot of VSR when you're running at 4K, it will give you, you a the 4K whole screen. Yeah, so you can't take screenshots and then compare them. So how does all the shadow play type stuff work then? Does that give you the 1080p, like recording? Or is it now a 4K recording? Well, you're talking about on NVIDIA's side, on GeForce Experience. But there's an equivalent for... Well, shadow play is like a recording. Right. Right, so you're talking about if you're both using DSR and recording? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's using the GPU to compress the video, so my guess is NVIDIA could intelligently tell it which somehow frame gra- to, somehow to grab use. grab the output. Yeah, like grab it later or something? Huh. I don't know. Uh, didn't really test that. I so should probably try they that, did out. that They did that. You know, AMD, they added some other stuff. OpenCL 2.0 as well. Uh, the, the, the main takeaway from it is that they want to just say, hey, we're taking this seriously. Yeah. Um, we recognize that we have been pooped on many times about the quality of our drivers. We're trying to fix that. Here's the first step in it. Uh, I'm very curious to see how this gets received over the next couple of weeks. Yeah. I mean, the quality of AMD drivers is the reason that I'm primarily using NVIDIA myself. Yeah. And like, the ch- that's and what did it. The hardware never had And that an was issue. a long time ago. It was. Right? And so the chances but are that it's much about, better now. Yeah, it is. And NVIDIA's drivers are not bug-free. You never hear about how good drivers are. Like, oh, man, my drivers are so stable. That's, that's the thing, right. right? But when you do... People only talk about the negatives. But when there are negatives, sure. people are very vocal. And yeah. like that's enough to keep anybody that had a bad experience away from them. Because right. they hear one, I hear one more thing, and it immediately throws that switch again in my mind. Like, no, I'm not going to personally buy an AMD thing. That's just me. I, I am right. worried that... like. So I asked Nvidia. I said, "Well, how many test cases do you guys do on your driver?" <laughs> I'm curious. Like, let's let's get let's, some kind of suite let's start or something this that they just match. do. Let's right? see what you guys each do. Right. And they and they said we don't have the exact number, and we don't really want to get involved in that fight because all that will happen is the next time they will go is, five thousand more, and then we will have to go five thousand more. How, what number but did you ask of them, things? But did you ask them? Is it more in tree fitty? No, I did not ask. If it was more in tree fitty. Uh, I mean, it could be one test that Nvidia runs, but it could be all inclusive of every possible thing the card can do. Well, I mean, test everything, right? So, test cases, right, is is, right. is the thing there. So, Nvidia has been very proud of their drivers for a very long time, and has been definitely something they can beat their chest about. Uh, and AMD yeah. has recognized that finally, and they're trying to do something they're about it. it. That's good, right? Uh, I think they. I, I what I, what I'm worried about is like over the next eleven months, shit's just gonna just going to happen in the same way again and and we're going to have to wait 12 months for another for, another for another instance for them to use 400 automated test cases maybe in every other driver they use 2000 automated test cases i have no idea i, I would imagine they would use some smaller subset of stuff maybe not as they much absolutely manual do. stuff because the automatic stuff is just you just start something and you walk away right so they well do in it. theory I, yeah I, right. hope. I mean, you would hope that would be that case. Uh, I, I worry that the, uh, the the goodwill they're getting with something launching like Catalyst Omega would degrade yeah. before 11 or 12 months passes. So regardless, sure. if you have an AMD card or an APU and you want to try out these new features or see what they do to your system, just download them. <laughs> what they do to your system. And uh, <laughs> you can give them a shot. What so. they do to Josh's system? Mm-hmm. <sighs> Josh, we only have Josh to blame for Josh's system, I think. Yeah. So, all right. Let's talk about uh, uh, another story that went up. This one actually is from a guest writer who we met yesterday. Yep. Jim. uh, And now I'm going to screw up the pronunciation of his last name. Tano? 
You think I think, that, I think that's what it was. Is that what he said? I think so. I think that's what it was. I apologize, Jim, if that's incorrect. Uh, he, he, he was driving through the area and uh, happened to stop by and yep. uh, wanted me to see the office, went to lunch with them. Um, and literally a couple of weeks ago, he had submitted a story to us for publication, building and configuring the ultimate Plex media server. Now, I have to admit, never used Plex in my life. Neither did I. Okay. Ken has used Plex. It's awesome. Quite a bit. Jim has obviously used Plex quite a bit. And uh, in this story, if you're not familiar with Plex, it is a media streaming software. It is a media kind of management. What would you call it, Ken? How would you a library. Of, it's a library. It's the iTunes to Winamp's music playing. Right. You just open up a bunch of MP3s in Winamp and go yeah. sort through them. Whereas iTunes builds a library. That sort of a shift. Okay. So it attempts to build a library from all of your multimedia files. You, you can point at a directory of movie files, and it will automatically go through all the files and grab all the metadata and all of the movie okay. posters and all of that and automatically catalog it, which is and a really then cool thing. And then you have servers and clients, though. Like you yes. create a Plex server, yep. and you have Plex clients that can then access all that media. You can even do things that I learned yesterday, like you can share content across users if you share keys, right? And it effectively will yeah. act just as if you were on the same network. Uh, that is all everybody's content. Um, Except and then, when you play something, it's actually just pulling it's just it. It's just streaming it, right? Yep. Yeah, and it does like upload stream checks and everything like that. And there's Android apps, I know. Is there an iOS app too? Yeah, iOS. There there's uh, smart, TV. smart TV apps. Okay. Just about any platform you can think okay. of. Yeah. It doesn't do live TV. It's only Correct. media files. Right, and there's no kind of. It's just meant to look at what you already have. Like, there's no tuner plugin stuff. There's right. no. Right. Doesn't do any of that. It's just you have a library. Throw this at it. This is the you know ten foot interface to. So so Jim wrote up this story for us that looks at the Plex Media Server, uh, like what it is, a short history of it. You know, you can see here how it how it all connects, like what it what it attempts to collect your media, your friends' media, and online channels. I don't know what the online channels necessarily are. Uh, there's like so. There's like a giant bomb channel and like oh, okay. a daily show channel, so you can just access streaming streaming media stuff like that. that would be available. Yeah. It's just kind of an easier fashion, okay? And then it allows you to watch on your PC, mobile devices, uh, smart TV streaming devices. Uh, he goes through, uh, you know, what Plex Media Server is, Plex Home Theater, uh, the mobile clients, but then he actually gets into and what's what's Plex Pass? This is the um, the paid premium tier. What do you actually? Because Plex is free, yeah. Unless you want to do this, uh, there. A couple of things I forget. One is it allows you to stream. Uh, it allows you to do an offline sync of your media to like the iOS and Android apps. Okay. So if you're getting on a plane or something, you can just download. Okay. The version. There's a couple other things. Uh, cloud-based automatic camera upload function for mobile devices. Sync select media to cloud providers for fast, faster mobile streaming. So if your upload is bad. You yep. could maybe create a count on S3 or Dropbox, maybe. I don't know which ones it supports, and then you it'll let you sync it up there so that you could stream it faster. Multi-user option, integrated movie trailers. Ooh. Um, so he walks through uh, how do you build a Mex, uh, I'm sorry, a Plex media server. Yep. Selections of, you know, do you want a dedicated server? Do you want a NAS device? Uh, if you're going to build your own, what kind of processor, memory, graphics card do you need? Uh, media storage, things like that. I like the detail it goes into, like, you know, about this much hardware can handle, like, two 1080p streams, about this mm -hmm, much hardware yeah. can handle. You know, that's good. That's it, the kind of thing that you want to know if you're about to build one of those without having to go through all the heartache yeah. of, you know, it, testing it first, right? It, it's really cool that you can run the Plex Media Server app on 
a few different brand NASes, like the Synology and the QNAP NASes. Mm. You can run it natively on there, yeah. where you already have your media, so you don't have to have, have to have another PC. You don't have another on. computer right. on it. That's pretty, pretty cool. cool. But you're limited on like transcoding stuff. Yeah. So yeah. You know. It goes through uh, building a Plex client, like what you need for that if you're going to build like one at each kind of TV individually yeah. if you don't have a, a pre-built solution. You know, he talks about Intel Nook, what operating systems this will run on, you know, Windows and Linux and Mac, like anything pretty much browser, universal really. support. Yeah. Yeah, there's a browser thing that they have added to it that basically just means anything with a modern browser that can yeah. reach it, you can, you know, use it. He goes through, you know, how do you manage your media? Creating files and folders. Mm-hmm. Which that, you don't have to do. Oh, okay. Which is the cool thing about Plex. Right. Yeah. Maybe like, this makes it a little bit easier. He's, he's, showing like the, he's showing the ideal naming, in his, yeah. in his gotcha. opinion, it, it, on like what would what it walk on to exactly what those things were without gotcha. errors, yeah. right? Uh, like just the auto scan for Plex probably got about 90% of my library, which is like a terabyte of hmm. media. Okay. Yeah. So if you wanted to go back and get the rest, renaming stuff would be convenient. What do you do? You just formats. rename it and then like rescan yeah. or something? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it rescans. I think it watches for changes and will like rescan every hour regardless because it's, huh. it's just a quick directory update. Yeah. That does. Just like hmm. what's different. Yeah. He goes through metadata and a bunch of stuff. It's, it's a really, really good um, – it's very in-depth. It's, it's a very in-depth story. So even if you use Plex, maybe you're missing some of the features or capabilities of it. If you've never used Plex and you're like me, and you're like, wow, okay, maybe this is something I need to just try. Yeah. Set up a Plex server here. We've got more than enough upstream to saturate That's you know, true. people wouldn't watching stuff here. I, I think that might be a good project we should do. Yeah. I, I think it'd be neat just to see. Like, I, again, I don't know. I, I, am of the, I am of the type of person. I watch more live TV because I'm watching sports and stuff. Yeah. You do the um, Slingbox thing. Yeah, so I use Slingbox a lot for that, or ESPN3. Um, so uh, it's really, really good story. Uh, thanks to Jim for submitting that for us and uh, already getting pretty good feedback on the uh, story. I think the official Plex account retweeted it, retweeted yeah. that story today as well. So, oh, okay, let's talk with Josh. Do you have to? <clears throat> because, I mean, it's 9 o'clock already. It's 11 o'clock for me. Yeah, let's just cut it off right now. All right, we'll see you later, guys. Bye. <laughs> uh, Crossblade Ranger is a motherboard. I want to be a Crossblade Ranger, safe at home and away from danger. I had a feeling this is where it was going to go. How long have you been waiting to say that? <laughs> Years. Yep. So we're looking at this is an FM2 Plus motherboard. So this is a uh, an APU board, if you will. That is correct. It uh, it supports the latest AMD APUs, so namely the top end being the A10-7850K, which I tested with this board. Now, Asus has had a long history of uh, Republic of Gamer boards, and they have always had something for the AMD market. In this case, uh, they had the uh, the Crosshair. That's a cool uh, mouse pad. Uh, throughout the years. What's that? No, he said that was a cool mouse. It was a pad. cool mouse pad that came with this it. one. Yeah, that's a free mouse pad. It's awesome. Uh, so they have a history of ROG on the AMD side, except for APUs. Mm-hmm. They had you know some decent boards for FM1, FM2, and FM2 Plus, but it wasn't until this summer that we finally got to see the whole field in their lineup for the FM2 Plus socket infrastructure. So the Crossblade Ranger, which is named rather strangely. Yeah, I agree. I don't necessarily agree with, but you know what? I, I'm not in charge of marketing there. 
Nope. It's a really neat board. It's uh, based around the A88X chipset, which all the other top-end ones are. Uh, it's just packed with features. Of course, you know everybody is going about upgraded audio. They've done it in such a way that it kind of outstrips every other audio implementation on a motherboard that I have tested to date, and that that goes across multiple uh, uh, you know lines, Intel lines, uh, you know MSI, Gigabyte, others. And so far, theirs is the smoothest. They have the best software support for their audio hmm. that I've been able to uh, to mess with. Uh, one thing that I thought was really, really cool was with these other boards that talk about having, uh, you know, amplifying the front audio, it didn't always work as well as you hope. Yeah, the sound was fairly clean, but it didn't always get as loud as perhaps you wanted. Well, with this, you can actually change the amount of amplification going to the front audio port. So hmm. what's kind of cool about this is you plug in a headphone. Yes. It kind of stops and thinks about it and says, hey, your, your headphones are less than, you know, have an impedance less than 65 ohms. And so we're going to do the lowest amount of amplification on this so you don't blow out your eardrums. And, but this one is if you're at that level... And it's just not loud enough for you. You can go down and, and select a higher level of amplification. Like so extreme? <laughs> like what? Like extreme. Extreme amplification. Extreme! Yeah, as you can see right there. <laughs> and apparently I'm going deaf because extreme wasn't that bad. <laughs> it happens. I, you know, it's yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so this, uh, for an FM2 Plus board, we've seen quite a few of the enthusiast ones from like MSI. Uh, they're... Uh, A80X, A88X G45 game board was a 4 plus 2 power phase array. The Gigabyte G1.Sniper A88X was also a 4 plus 2 power phase array. They go the extra mile on, on this one, and it's, it's the full 6 plus 2. Now, that's kind of low as compared to a lot of the AM3 Plus, which are 8 plus 2. you got to think... They're not going to be supporting 220-watt TDP chips in the FM2 Plus socket. In fact, the, the yeah. highest that they have now is 100-watt, and that's the Richland. Kaveri's are 95-watt TDP. I've heard rumors that uh, Carrizo, Carrizo is going to be 65 watts max is that for the, the desktop. Uh, is that one of the Muppets? No, that's sure. Chorizo. It's the guy that hangs out with Gonzo. <laughs> Gonzo and Carrizo. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> it's got the Intel Gigabit uh, controller, so we don't see any of the uh, the killer nick that a lot of the other boards uh, have, or just the plain Realtek Gigi. Um, it's got a ton of buttons on there. It's got the auto overclock. Going back to the sound, they got a stinking button on the bottom of the board that you can press and go through the different sound environments that huh. they've kind of programmed into the board. It's kind of odd because I, I don't know many people who probably use that. Or yeah, they, you'd, you'd have to have an open air test bed, but then been very concerned about your noise profiles. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Anyway, and anyway. let me let me shock this board because I've been running around in my socks <laughs> with the button that's directly on the board. I want to um, hear some more uh, rock beats in my music. Oh man. Stop. Blue screen. Shock test. Um, the build quality, of course, is good. 
uh, design, really nice. I like the, the way the, the slots are set up in that uh, you can plug in two uh, double-sized cooling graphics cards, and you're not going to cover up a whole lot that's important. Um, yeah, because I, I know that if you do a lot of uh, multi GPU, sometimes they put that slot closer to the bottom, the bottom one, and you put that in, and you're bending over all the the wires and the cables that attach to your front audio and your USB and yeah. and all that. You don't have to deal with that with this one. Uh, interestingly enough, this comes with two PCI slots. Uh, Who uses those? Yeah. Anymore? Okay. Well, they had room. Yeah, they 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 just had to do it. Plus, they didn't have enough PCIe lanes to really right. Yeah, populate anything more. Have, having than blank that. empty PCB might be embarrassing. Exactly. Yeah. So how how much does this board cost? It's one hundred and fifty nine dollar retail. Okay. And uh, so far, I haven't seen it below that really too much, except on a couple of little sales now and then. Um, again, it's an ROG board. It's it's. Just almost as fully featured as the one Mori did, except of course it doesn't have the M.2. Um, kind of a bummer, but what can you do there? Uh, so 159 will get you the lowest end ROG board that you can find. Funky name and all, but uh, it's a, it's a good board. I mean, it overclocked well. The Kaveri is not a great overclocking chip. Period. Uh, you can get to about 4.6 on air. I think I saw JJ. Uh, doing some some Twitter tests on this where you're showing yeah. pictures. And he was at 4.6, 4.7 gigahertz with a pretty high-end water cooling setup. Sure. And uh, it, you're just not going to get anything better than that. Uh, it was fairly efficient at load as compared to the others. Um, it was just a really nice board. Ran cool, had no problems. Uh, the UEFI features are great. Uh, they've got the BIOS flashback like you have on that other board, which is a nice feature if you ever screw up a flash, which has never happened. Never. You should have a switch like that for hard, dead uh, hard drives that won't boot. That would be really nice as well. Yeah. Go backwards and don't worry about it. And but, uh, yeah, uh, read more. I go into excruciating detail about a lot of the things. <laughs> now, let me tell you, there's a lot of stuff on the sports, so you kind of need yep. to, to read about it. And, uh, yeah, I gave it the gold award. The gold perfect. award. The gold award. There can be only one. Yeah, it could it could have a couple of more features on there and uh be, you know, more competitive in, in price, but otherwise, uh there's really nothing to complain about this board. Very cool. All right, we're gonna we only have a handful of news items really to get to today, and they're relatively quick. Uh for example, did you guys know they still made joysticks? Did you know mm. that? <sighs> Look at that. Look how awesome that looks. This is the uh, Speedlink Phantom Hawk. What the hell? I don't know. It's under 100 bucks. I thought Microsoft Sidewinder brand was still dominating this field. Yeah. Um, no. No? Microsoft doesn't even make those anymore, do they? I honestly don't know the answer to I've, that. I've got a, a joke, 1999... I imagine I'll find one in my closet. Sidewinder horse <laughs> feedback one. sitting over there. Yeah, that, what a great still. controller that was, right? Yeah. 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 Serial pl- was it? Did you have the USB one? Yeah, they had a USB. All their one. force feedback was was USB. Oh, all uh, those? Way okay. way back there somewhere, I've got one of the original mm-hmm. Sidewinder 3Ds that you could either do it in digital or analog mode mm-hmm. with the serial the game port. After after tomorrow, tomorrow is is going to be my clean out the office at my house day. 
Um, and Ken is coming over in the morning and bringing a camera. And we're going to do this on video and uh, probably share it on YouTube of some kind. I imagine I will have all kinds of picks of the week to go through <laughs> afterwards. Maybe. Uh, with it. They so. might be a little old. Yeah. I'm also going to have bins and bins full of old, mostly broken hardware. I'm going to figure out what to we're do. We're going to make some so. kind of art out of... Uh, we're going to make some art. We're going to melt gonna it down into a giant bottle And we're going to arc world with some power giant supplies. giant bottle of cancer. Because I'm sure there's power supplies in that room. Uh, there, are, there are some 1,200-watt... Sweet. Um, PC power, PC and, power cooling. and cooling ones that sound like jet planes. Yes. <laughs> so there's that. Other news. Uh, Samsung Hammer HDD Samsung? storage. Seagate. I'm sorry. Seagate. Seagate yes. is still hammering away at improved hard drive storage density. Uh, they're looking to reach aerial densities of 850 or 900 gigabit per square inch. Yep. What? Uh, so... Uh, or you know the coming is? year, they're going to hit one terabit per square inch with shingled. Shingles are bad. I well, the heard. shingled stuff is not going to be the kind of thing. Did you know the shingles virus is already in you? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Did you have chicken pox? Does that mean I can store more? Yeah, yeah. But, okay. uh, that guy, but, only, but only sequentially. Who was it that told me about shingles in that commercial that was really painful? Who was that guy? Like ex-football player? Josh, you would know this. Uh, shingles? Yeah, they hurt. Not that I've had them myself. They're, no, never But mind. I can't remember which football player was complaining about it. So the, the anyway, shingling on hard drives... Oh, right, yes, hard drives. ...means that you have to write them like how you used to write CDRs. Remember? Is the visual, write- if, if the visualization I'm getting in my mind is correct, where there's a slight overlap as you go down yeah, the layers... You have to write... And you have to session, go in one direction. Yeah, in one direction, and you can't just go back and stick Love something in the band. middle. Right? Everything has to be added... Until the disk is full, and then when it's full, you have to take all start that over. all that data, move it somewhere else, whatever. And if you wanted to like start from the beginning, so to speak, um, so that's not a thing that's just going to be a consumer. You know, you're not just going to buy a shingle because you can't read write yeah randomly you, to you need it. Special you can't software, move things. Okay. Right? You need special okay. software that only writes that drive sequentially and kind of. Uh, you know, emulates what a CDR used. So to be, is right? this like what you would see in those hard drives used for cold storage? That's what that would be, archival storage, that kind of thing. But that's not really what's going on here. Oh, okay. Like, part of this news post is the fact that Hammer is kind of closer to being a thing. Oh, so, oh, 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 sorry. Not, not that Hammer. Not, yeah. Um, so the idea with that is it's not perpendicular recording. It's kind of heat-assisted. I mean, that's what the HA is. Oh, okay. Right? Uh, so there is a laser integrated with the head. That's lasers and it actually warms up you can actually write at a higher density if you locally warm up that spot of the disc before you try to magnetize it huh okay. you can you can write to a smaller uh smaller space basically right oh christmas <laughs> oh, no. sorry, christmas, tree. I'm christmas. So sorry. Uh, terry anyway. bradshaw by the way <sighs> terry bradshaw yes thank you yes so See, this is the problem with the thirty, the sixty-second delay on the stream. Is that true. I don't get the chat room answers. Anyway, go ahead. So uh, that's that's the deal with this. Is just that you can get a much higher uh, density, platter density with this technology. It's just a lot more complicated, right? You have to somehow incorporate a laser into the right head, right. which is a very lightweight Freaking thing. Lasers, you yeah. know. And um, so I mean, you could potentially get much more. I think with this kind of a thing. The reason it's not catching on partially is that they're adding a lot of weight to the head, 
right? So your seek times are going to go way down. You can't be flinging right. a, a really heavy, a relatively heavy right head that's already hovering on a cushion of air. Centripetal force, it's fine. Yeah. Anyway, so this will eventually be a thing. It's it's kind of sounding less vaporware ish now, but it's still not out. Right. right. Do you guys remember the stellar launch of the new Sim City? Uh, that was a, just two years ago. Was that two I, years ago? No, it was way more recent than that. Really? You said stellar. I think it was last right? year. I think you were do, being do you remember the stellar yeah, launch of Sim City? Yeah, it wasn't that stellar. Uh, well. It wasn't. So uh, having nothing to do with that, EA is releasing, I think for the entire month of December, I don't know exactly when it is, but they do that on-the-house stuff. If you have Origin installed, every once in a while they just give out free games. Uh, this week or this month or whatever it is, is SimCity 2000. So if you want to play a good SimCity game that's uh, not broken and doesn't require online play, on- online connectivity, then you can go get SimCity 2000 for the 100% off sale, as Scott writes. Did they ever patch off- offline mode into the, the new SimCity? I think they did. Uh, I think so. I think they did. Um, what a yeah. bad game. I think that this is the DOSBox ver- version as well, which is... Was that, it good that was, or bad? That was that game that I, was uh, like, the, you know, the whole thing where oh, we can't do offline mode, and then some people just hacked the binary, and oh, look, you have. You're talking about mode. the the new SimCity, yeah. Right now, yes, this is the yes, old that's one. Great. This is SimCity 2000. This is oh. like the one that came out in 2000, like 1999 yeah. or something. Yeah, 99, 98, something like that. I remember playing that on like what was? I'm it? sorry, uh, SimCity 2000 is just a few months away from its 20th birthday, so it would have come out in 2014, 15. I'm sorry. What are you talking about? 1995. <laughs> Take 20 years away from the 20 from the number I just said. Um, so it's free. If you want it, go get it. Just, you have, if, yeah. Even if you don't want it, just get it. Yeah, just just get it. So if you want it later, you can get it. Right? It's one of those things. Just make sure it's in your library. Uh, we'll we'll uh, wind up our news stories with the ECS with a new mini PC, the Live Leva Liva. Leva. Leva, because I'm, I'm pretty sure that they're going to come out with the B Leva, and they'll have a catchy <laughs> tune. I'm a B Leva. No, I, I, I could see why that'd be really catchy. Man, you should go Leva for marketing. Yeah, I should. Um, so this one is uh, it's got like a fancier looking design to it. It has a faster 2.25 dual core CPU base trail. Um, it has been doubled from maximum memory of two gigabytes to four gigabytes, and it now has Windows 7 support, but only when using an MSATA SSD. So okay. What? What does that? So if you're using PCIe, it requires. It has to take lanes. No, it's it's EMMC. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Ah. Eh? I get it. But it, this ran Windows eight before, right? It might, Windows eight might be able to handle handle that better. Oh, maybe do, Windows seven I mean, doesn't handle EMMC. Because I mean, no, like Windows e- seven tablets with EMMC weren't really a thing. Maybe right. Yeah I, yeah, I mean, you could probably do it. It's probably just not supported. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure I mean, you can clearly. It's it. not supported. It says it's not supported. <laughs> but I mean, it probably works. <laughs> Four gigs of RAM is a lot for a beta. It still system. offers Windows 8.1 support along with beta Linux driver support as before. One more USB 2.0 than its predecessor. Same 32 gig or 64 gig eMMC storage on board. Gigabit Ethernet and 802.11n. Uh, and uh, Sebastian did write up this news post. He also did the review of the original ECS Leva, Liva, Leva, Leva, PC, 
So uh, slightly faster CPU. You know, maybe it makes a difference. Maybe it doesn't. It's got a little bit snazzier Ram- design. Is nice. What is that? Ram bump is nice. Going from two to four. Yeah, that should help. That four games RAM is a lot things. for a bay trail system, which is good. It is. It is. All right, let's get into our uh, hardware and software picks of the week as I uh, open up my links here from the people who do everything late. So I have to Jeremy. like drag all this stuff over. Jeez, Jeremy. I know. He's so late. Oh, my gosh. Um, so here's mine. Actually, I have it on the desk here. We just got this in a couple of days ago. This is, speaking of micro-ATX motherboards versus mini-ATX yeah, motherboards. Yeah, there you go. So this is a micro-ATX board. This is the Gigabyte Z97MX Gaming 5. We got in for a system build we are hopefully doing uh, here before Christmas. Look at the amount of stuff on the back, of, coming out of the back of that thing. <laughs> yeah, there's, yeah. Oh, you're Just talking about ports. back here? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's a lot that's of stuff. You've lot got stuff. Uh, DVI, VGA, two PS2 ports, four USB 3, four USB 2.0, HDMI, uh, and gigabit Ethernet, and then gold-plated sound. It's funny how things are going back to the two PS2, PS2 port. ports. Yeah, yeah they're, they're not going. They're back not that really way. going back. Well, they kind of went to one for a yeah. while. Yeah. yeah, they're not going to two. That one just has. So this um, motherboard, for example, you can pick up for one hundred twenty-nine dollars on Amazon right now. So that's pretty cheap, right? It has three PCI Express slots on it. Obviously, you can use two of them. Uh, actually. One of them is by 16. Basically, I'm just looking at the pens. One of them is by 8. One of them is by 4. Right? So, so you can do you by can do, by You can do Crossfire and SLI yep. on it. It has an M.2 uh, 10 gigabit per second port. So it's using PCI Express for that as well. That's right? cool. Uh, it supports 42, 60, and 80 millimeter lengths. Four DIMM slots. You have eSATA support on here in addition to six SATA ports, front panel USB 3. You've got amp up audio. You've got, you can see kind of, maybe you can't really see on the video, but uh, the kind of uh, the PCB division for the audio channel. The isolated PCB. Yeah, thank you. Uh, And, you know, it's it's got a decent amount of features. It's the Gaming 5. It's not their highest in board. Um, I think the gaming there's a Gaming 7 and a Gaming 9. I don't know if in micro-ATX form. But this is something you could put in a slightly bigger case than yep. that mini-ITX motherboard. Yep. Uh, but you do get support for multi-GPU on there as well as you know just a little bit more space to work. Right? Yeah, so you're not trying to cram everything. Into, I think we're going to maybe put this in um, that Corsair 240. Is that that's that's one of our favorite uh, micro ATX cases, and, and do a little, little build out of it. It's kind of interesting, actually. If you look at the back, you can see based on these um, pinouts on yep. the back, 16, S- 8, and 4 yep. lanes of PCI Express. So I see a one in there too. Yeah, there's a one. Yes. Yeah. Hey, good call. Good on you. Look at you. So small, look you missed you. it. Look at you. Ah, look at me. That's the Z97MX Gaming 5. It does have uh, uh, a, f- a pretty decent pretty decent. Did Mori send it to you? Does it have bent pins? No, no. It's Mori free. Uh, it was <laughs> sent directly from Gigabyte. And uh, we'll be do- there's only three left in stock. Oh, my God. More on the way, though, according to Amazon. So uh, that's my pick. Give that a look if you're looking for a l- – I mean, that's fairly low cost, $229. That is really – yeah, that's that really board. cheap. Uh, Josh. Okay, so there's this this new thing uh-huh. out. It's called Bitcoin, and they've got these special little machines that are Bitcoin miners. They're special ASICs. They used to cost $1,200. Now you can get it for $599. $599? So at the way that Bitcoin's going, it's only going to take you about Did you send me seven... to a egg link for a case? No. Why did it show up there? <laughs> I think that's a better pick. 
<laughs> Could very well be. No, I'm 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 sitting at the uh, shell shocker of the Bitcrane T dash one one zero S one ultra silent Bitcoin mining you. system. Bitcrane. 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 T one there you go. Oh, now it's back up to nine ninety eight. It was no, no, five ninety eight earlier. No, it's five ninety eight right now too. Did oh, they, it's still five ninety eight. Did they ever do Litecoin ASICs? Mm-hmm. I, that just totally dropped off the face of the earth of that stuff. Ultra silent. Well, Bitcoin designed. Ready. I like this picture. Designed. Look, you could for put the it in your bedroom. <laughs> it's for the bedroom. <laughs> oh yeah. Look at how big it is compared to the bed too oh, in that man. picture. You can sleep right? on that. It's thing. like it's like this will be your yeah, room here. It's like no, it's objects in the picture might be smaller than. This oh. is how you know uh, shark, shark has been jumped. Right? Is like these that, things man. that used to be very expensive. Yeah. Jeez. So that because it uh, that does that have like look a at this Photoshop job by the way this this is exactly <laughs> hey, that looks like a Sebastian uh, Peak photo that's right you're right we got to get him one of these so we can take some better pictures for him put this on your coffee table rack less multiple minor scaling system just undo that screw and it just stacks look at that I look guess. at the RPM as well because mm. many another are... another really bad Photoshop I don't know here. if high RPMs is a a good thing for. Fan, I have but no idea what's going on. Do they, they don't talk about the componentry. Twenty inside. pounds. Wow. Well, I mean, it's quiet. It's got sand in the bottom. <laughs> its hash rate is one terahash. terahashes per second. What, what does a? I don't know if that's fast anymore. Yeah, that's. The I thing. don't think that's fast. Like, how does that compare to like a GPU? Like Let's a, see. Happy. Oh, customer. it's way faster than a GPU. Oh, it is. Yeah. Okay. But there's other these things stuff. have been out for so long yeah. that it just keeps getting more difficult yeah cuz this is bitcoin like the original like the yeah. the thing that was asicked out oh, yeah. it's mine son this could just i like i want to know what this is this is a video card like clearly this is a cpu water it's, cooler it's not a video card it's not a video card you it's think that's just like a bunch of card. asics it's probably a pcie card like with a bunch factor. of asics on it yeah awesome well hey a hell of a choice a hell of a choice yeah. josh yeah thanks okay alan so have you guys seen this uh, Elite Dangerous thing with the three projectors and the crazy joystick setup? But you know, We just talked about a joystick. Well, uh, yeah, that's true. Well, Satec oh, makes joysticks as well. Um, so if you scroll down to the video towards the bottom of this page there and you go to like 40 seconds in, you'll see what's sitting on his desk. Um, Is it a broken SSD? No, it's not a broken SSD. But pause it there and like check that crap out. Like, he's got three more displays built into a little uh, console and joysticks and a keyboard. Two joysticks. Like this is what rich people the, do. The, the other, that I guess Satek also makes the throttle control, which yeah. is what's on the oh, left. There we go. So he has the throttle control, the joystick, and if you listen, like, through that video, it, listen to it, the... His Logitech keyboard even has, like, a little thing on well, the... Yeah. Yeah. That, and he's using that display for... What are we playing here? Elite Dangerous, which can be mapped out that? to multiple displays it's, like that. It's kind of like... Uh, what's that space sim that was crowdfunded in with a bunch of money? Uh, oh, uh, The Last Starfighter. No, no, no. no. But <laughs> it's kind of like that. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, oh, it's, why can't you know, it's like a... Evacuator defense. <laughs> Star Citizen. There yeah. you go. It's basically Star Citizen. <laughs> Close, Josh. Close. That's, that's Smoke-free Nebula. But the difference is this is out and you can play it. Like, in, in beta form, I guess, at least. Right? Like, you can... I don't know. I don't know. It's it's kind of pricey, but I don't God, think this guy cares. I cared. be rich and have lots of free time. Uh, yeah, because he's got, like, three projectors in his 
in the ceiling overhead going on to three screens, and he has like a head tracking position thing, like a little track IR. Little think he's married IR already? Thing. Say again? Think this guy's married already? Probably oh, not. Yeah. If he oh, was, yeah. then he's just so no. divorced. I mean, now. he's he's basically put a line in the sand, right? If he's not, that's pretty much it. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, but <laughs> you if must but if you be into space sims, if you this play, is what if you I play do. through that video with like audio on at some point, like just on your own. Uh, oh, like supernova. He has also voice commands programmed into this thing. So if he if he wants to look forward but see what's on his left panel, like which no is, no he's got head mounted display. Well, he has that too. That? He has that yeah. too. But if you watch the video through, he can say it was just like left, and it'll show him the left screen on the forward screen. It'll actually shift the well, display over, and like turn your damn head. Well, he could do that too. He does that too, and it and it and it changes. Uh, it changes the view. like as he moves his head, like the view changes and everything. It's pretty. It's pretty insane of a setup there. Huh. It's impressive too to much watch. Time on his hand. You know when yeah. I set up that six-panel Affinity system. It was for my job. <laughs> it's true. Well, this guy probably is going to be really good at Elite Dangerous. The new, the new Catalyst Omega driver does support 24 display Affinity. I, I, I think we should do it. We have Wait. 24 displays here, at least. I think we should do and it. And they don't have to be all the same resolution or anything. That's also sweet. We could just have like a wall. How many video cards? I guess you need MSP you need f- hubs. You need four video cards that support six displays each. Yeah. Then that you don't even need you. Then you don't even need MST hubs. Yeah. There'd be a whole crap load of wiring. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, so that's going to be it for this week as we dive into discussions about how that's not going to happen. Uh, thank you guys for joining <laughs> us. Again, we record the show on Wednesday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific at pcper.com slash live. If you want to sign up at pcper.com slash subscribe, you can do so. We will let you know when we are about to stream live. Uh, we've done some game streams. We give away a ton of hardware last month, guys, like a ton of hardware, like ROG Swifts, uh, Acer 4K monitors with G-Sync. We gave away video cards and shields and game keys and a whole bunch of stuff. Yep. Um, and then, uh, obviously, next week we'll have a regular week of work and podcasts and all that stuff. We'll be there for that. And then after that, we start playing for the holidays and for the Consumer Electronics Show in fabulous, sunny, mostly cold Las Vegas. Yeah. Um, and who knows what the hell's going to happen at the show this year i really i really don't know so uh thank you guys pcpro.com slash podcast is where you can subscribe to the show uh find our back episodes find links to our videos of uh of the show as well at youtube.com slash pcper we'd appreciate that as well and of course all the stories we talked about and news items talked about are at pcper.com i think that should go without saying so we will see you next week with another episode of the wonderful pc perspective podcast i'm ryan shroud I'm Josh Walbreth. And I'm Alan Malentano. Bye. Bye.